If you could turn your Bibles to Hebrews 11, 24 through 28 is where I'm going to be. How many knows that God is a good God? I said, how many knows that without God, where would we be? Amen. I'm thankful for a good God. Amen, amen. Verse 24, it starts out and it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused. Everybody say refused. Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. How many knows that we have a reward that we're looking towards? He looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Amen. I want to just read verse 24 again in your hearing. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight for a little while on this title and this thought that I believe God has given me. Your identity matters. I said your identity matters. Amen. Let's pray and ask God be with us tonight. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise your name. Lord, we magnify who you are, God. Lord, we're here to be a part of what you would want in our lives, God. We're here to be a part of who you would have us to be, God. And we're believing and trusting, God, Lord, that your anointing is going to fall in this place, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that I would just be a messenger of your word, Lord God, that you would open our hearts and ears, Lord God, to receive what you have for us tonight. Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. By saying Jesus' name, you may be seated. How many knows tonight that your identity matters? Amen. When we read in Hebrews here, it's, of course, talking about Moses. And, and we, a lot of us know the story of Moses, of how there was a decree from the king that said that every, every boy would be thrown into the Nile. Amen. And because is the Israelites had started becoming too prosperous. Amen. They, they had start, started becoming too prosperous in Egypt. And, and there was a king that didn't know who Joseph was and didn't care who Joseph was. And all he saw were these Israelites. And all he saw were these people that, that didn't believe the way that he believed and didn't think that the way that he thought and, and didn't believe in the gods that they believed in. And, and all he saw was this mass of people. And, and he was scared. He was worried about what those people might become if they had the freedom to become and live up to their full potential. Amen. He thought and he, were look, he was looking at these people and he was, like, and he was thinking, you know, if, if there was ever a time where our enemies were to come up against us, they might join with them and then we would be lost. 
And so he decided to enslave these, the, the children of Israel, and, and they became, they, weren't, they were no longer guests in, Israel, in Egypt. They were now slaves in Egypt. And we see that Moses, he is born, and his mom, she hides him for a few months when he is born, and when she can no longer hide him, amen, uh, she, I don't know how she did it for three months. My kids were never quiet enough for that. <laughs> I, if if we're anywhere for three minutes, y'all are gonna know that we're there, amen. <laughs> and it's not just because of me; it's you know. So they don't they they get that from me. I'm just gonna go ahead and just say that. But so they they hid Moses for three months, amen. And at, when they could no longer hide Moses, they put him in this basket and and they sent him up the river. And and what kind of faith does that take? Amen. What kind of faith does that take to say, all my hopes and dreams, God, I am putting them in this basket, Lord. And, and you, you're going to, and I know that there was a conversation. There had to have been a conversation. There had to have been a reason that she put Moses in this basket. Amen. And then so as this basket is going up, they, they see that Pharaoh's daughter comes down and she finds this baby in this basket. And the way that God works and the way that faith works when she finds this baby in this basket, she calls for somebody to take care of this baby. Amen. So she finds Moses' mother and she says, I need you to take this baby and I'm going to pay you to take care of him. Amen. So Moses was raised to a certain point in his life with his mother as the one that was raising him. And when it came to a point in time, I guess it was agreed upon point in time. Uh, we don't really know what that looks like, but she takes Moses to Pharaoh's daughter, and she takes him in as her son. Amen? At that point, he becomes the son of Pharaoh, and he begins living in Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh's daughter is his mother at that point, and we see that there is a shift in Moses' life. Amen? There's a shift in who Moses is. There's a shift in, in what his proximity is, his environment. Uh, there's a shift in who he, everybody perceives him to be. Amen? And so we see that as Moses grows older, as Moses grows older, he starts know, and he knows, we have to know that he knows that he is different. Growing up in Pharaoh's house, he knows that he is different. He knows that he's a Hebrew. Amen? He knows that, he, that those people that he are with, those are not his people. He knows, amen, that there is something going on inside of him. There is a call, amen, inside of him that's saying that something's not right here. That the gods that they are calling out to, there's just something that doesn't sit right with me, amen. There's something that's inside of me that's just not quite sitting right and not quite making sense, Amen. And it says that he comes to a point in his age where he realizes he goes down and he sees the oppression of his people. He sees of the oppression of his people, and that's when he decides. That's when he decides that he would rather choose the suffering of his people. Amen. Than anything that Egypt had to offer. You see, at this point, I can only imagine that Moses was at an identity crisis. He was at a point in time in his life where he had a decision that he had to make. Amen. It was either stay in Egypt, stay who I am, or do what I feel like I need to do. Identify myself with my people and do what I need to do. Amen. 
How many knows that we live in a world that are, we're dealing with a lot of identity crisis? I said, how many knows that we're living in a world where people are so confused, people are so lost, people don't understand which way is up, which way is down? Amen? We're living in that right now. We're living in times right now that are unprecedented. There are things that people are saying that they can become and that they can be that will just absolutely blow your mind. Amen. They are struggling with something inside of them. They're struggling to fill a void inside of them, a God-made void inside of them. And they haven't, may have not met Jesus Christ and know who he is yet, but they're still trying to find themselves and who they are. Amen. Our world is dealing with an identity crisis. Amen. And in our lives, we have got to come to a point where we have made up who we are. I said, we've got to come to a place in our lives where no matter what comes my way, no matter what I face, no matter who's saying what, I don't care what's, what's coming down the road, I don't care what are in the textbooks, I don't care what's coming out of the colleges, I don't care any of those things. We've got to come to a place where we know who we are. Amen. I said, we've got to come to a place where it says, you know what, this world is lost and hurting and dying, and if I'm a part of this world... I said, if I'm a part of this world, there's no way that God's going to be able ever to do anything with my life that might try to pull somebody from it. Amen? We've got to know who we are. What we identify with, who we identify with, becomes the message that our life projects out into this world. Amen? I said, the things that I have attached to my life, the things that I allow in my life and the things that I associate with, the things that I have around me, those things become a part of who I am. And those things become a part of what I'm projecting into this world. Amen. It's almost like our lives are like a billboard. Amen. It's almost like our lives are like a billboard. And I know that you've probably seen some of these ignorant billboards out here. Um, I remember when I was in, I think we were in Kansas City. There's one, it's, a, it's called Jungle Law, I think. And they've got the most ridiculous, like, I think there's like a lion, like a guy holding like a tiger or something. He's like in a cheetah jacket or something. I don't even know. I, but I remember those parts of it, amen. Um, and I would just happen, I would just have to think, like, if I showed up to where they were at, that there would be some kind of tiger or cheetah print or something going on there, amen? Like, why, why, what makes them jungle law? Just like in our lives, we're presenting ourselves in a way. Amen? There are things that we attach to ourselves, and there are things that, that come into our lives that we may allow to stay there, and, and that becomes of who we are, and, and that, that's what we're projecting into this world. That's what people are seeing of us, Amen? Your identity matters. Your identity is going to be what everybody else around you sees. It's going to be what everybody else around you sees and perceives and thinks that you're made of. Amen? We live in a world, like I said earlier, that is in the middle of identity crisis, and God is calling us out. God is calling us out to be solid and rooted in Christ. Amen? 
But the decision has to come from us. The decision has to come from you and it has to come from me. Bishop, you can't do it for me. Pastor, you can't do it for me. They may come up to me and they may tell me, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's something going on that we're not, that's not really jiving with who you are and who we know you could be. Amen? But I have to do it for me. I'm the only one that can do it for me. My wife can't do it for me. She walked out because she was like, no, I sure can't. <laughs> she knew I was going to try to pin it on her. She can't do it for me. Just like nobody could do it for Moses. Moses chose to no longer be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In the Passion Translation, I want to read that for you. It says that faith, everybody say faith. Faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. Choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. That was the choice that he made. And it wasn't an easy choice to make. Amen? He was saying that I, I reject everything that this world has to offer. I reject the palaces. I reject the king's meat. I reject his resources. I reject, I reject the, the security and the safety that comes with that. How many knows that there's going to come a time in our life where it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to that? Amen. It's going to come down, just like Pastor said, convenience. I'm going to have to start rejecting things in my life if they do not line up with God. Because if I allow them in my life just because it's convenient and just because it's easy, I'm going to have an easy street all the way to hell. We have to know who we are. And the dangerous thing about it is when I start allowing those things to attach to myself and, and I start partaking of those things and I choose to, to have those things in my life, that everybody else sees those things around me too. And what happens to those that are around me that I have witnessed to and that, that I, have, I have told them that God is the only way and, and that if Jesus can come in your life, he can take everything away that, that doesn't make sense and take away all the pain and the hurt, amen? We have got to be rooted in Christ. Our friends, our families, our loved ones, they depend on it. They depend on Michael Turner choosing. My kids, they depend on me choosing. Jesus Christ is my identity. Amen. They depend on that. They depend on me saying, you know what, I don't care what this world has to offer. And it may come down to the point where it comes up to whether the fact we're safe or not. That if we identify with Christ, it's already in this world. There are people that are sneaking to church even today because they're choosing to identify with Christ. So that they're not working for this life. They're not working for the riches and the spoils of this life. Amen. They're working for their heavenly reward. They're working for what God has for them. Amen.
God is calling us, I believe, this hour, this very hour to come out of hiding. God is calling us to push away the things in our lives that are, that are hiding the identity of who we are in Christ. Amen. I believe that God is calling us out of a place of comfort. I believe that God is calling us out of a place of hiding where we're over here. We may have that light under that bushel. God is calling us to kick that bushel over, to let that light shine, to be that city on the hill. Amen. And I know that you may think, I don't know if I can do that or not. Because if I do that, everybody around me is going to know, and it might open to me. I'm going to feel like the outcast. I'm going to feel like, like I don't have the safety of my, my little life that I have. Amen. I don't have the safety and the comfort of that little, the little thing that I've built up around my light where everybody's kind of comfortable with that. That they may know that I identify with Christ, but it's not really affecting anybody. It's not really pushing any bounds. It's not really reaching out and affecting anybody's life around me. Amen? But God is calling us out of that. And that's the opposite of what the enemy wants. Can I tell you that that is the opposite of what the enemy wants? The enemy wants us to compromise. The enemy wants us to water it down, to keep from offending somebody. The enemy wants us to pull punches. The enemy wants us to be confused about what's going on in our lives and what's going on around us. Because if we're confused about it, how are we going to lead anybody else to it amen we've got to settle it in our minds who Jesus is he died on the cross for us three days later he rose from the dead amen and he ascended into heaven he is our eternal father he has the keys to death hell and the grave that's who I'm serving He ain't afraid of nobody, amen? And if he's living in me, that means I don't have to be either. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if you don't have that settled, then that's the first step. Because you've got to know who Jesus is. And you've got to know who he is in you. And you've got to know that when you identify with Jesus Christ, when he becomes your true identity, I said, when he becomes the very core of who you are, you're bringing heaven with you everywhere you go. I said, you have a league, amen. You have a legion that's coming behind you, amen, that's with you everywhere you go through every situation. Because that's who God is. That's who he is, and that's who he is in you. But it doesn't happen on accident. We don't find who we are, and we don't find who we are in God, and we don't find what God wants us to do by accident. Because there's a whole lot of obedience that has to happen along the way. I said there's a whole lot of obedience that has to happen along the way. For God to ever become, for not God, God is who he is. For Moses to ever become who he was in God. There was obedience that had to happen. And there was a whole lot of Moses asking, God, are you sure? 
like, what if I go to your people and I tell you, tell them that this is the plan, like the God of your ancestors is fixing to bring you out and they don't believe me? Amen? Moses had a whole conversation with God about that. And I think it's, I think it's a good thing to have a conversation with God about who we are and about what he wants in our life. Amen? I, w- I grew up and I, I was always taught, don't you ever question God. Until I came to the fact that I may have some questions for him. I may have some honest questions for him. Now, I'm not going to question his motives and, and the fact that he is God and he can do whatever he wants to do in my life. But if he's telling me to do something, I think it's okay to say, okay, God, well, what do I do in this situation? What do I do about this? Amen? That's what a relationship's about. That's about finding out who we are in God. That's about finding out what God has for our life. Amen? And God is calling Moses to free these people, and Moses is like, who am I? If he only understood that he was in a really good spot at that point. Amen? Can you imagine if Moses was still in Egypt, still in the palace, and God appeared to him? And he said, Moses, you're going to free all these people. And Moses was still in his gold, and he was still in his fancy robes, and he was still in his everything that was comfortable in his life. Would the response have been the same? Amen? But in his humility, when he got to the place where he said, I am a nobody, I don't have a title. I don't have the wealth. I don't have the riches. I don't have any of those things, Lord. Here I am. He says, take your, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground, and he did. If he had been in the palace, would he have told God, we're not in the, we're not in the throne room. We're not in one of the temples. Would that have been his response? Amen. But Moses was exactly where he needed to be. He was at a place of submission and a place of obedience. And we have to have both. Psalms 86.11 says, teach me your ways, O Lord. Not the ways of the world. God, don't make it easier for me to walk through the world and know how to deal with the people around me. Don't, don't make it easier for me to, to learn math or English or any, all the, whatever. Those, I know those things are important. Amen, Sister Natalie. Teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth, unite my heart to fear your name. We have to come to a place of humility. We've got to come to a place of submission. We have got to come to a place of unity in our mind and our spirit. If we're ever going to find out who we truly are in him. Amen? There has to be a dying off. 2 Corinthians says that there has to be a dying off of who we are. When it goes down in that water, it can't come back up with us. Jesus says that it can't because it's buried, amen? But now if I walk out of here and I pick it back up, that's on me. If God gets rid of it in the water and I walk up here and say, you know what, that's just a part of who I am. And I pick it back up and I take it back out with me, that's on me. That's not on God. Amen. 
Because when we go into that burial, when we go into that burial and that baptism, his name is applied to our life. Amen. And we have to be submitted to that. Those old things have to pass away and new things have to start to show in our lives. Amen. When I go into that baptismal tank and his name is spoken over, over my life, it's no longer about me and who I am. Amen. It's about God and what he can do through me. Amen. And how exciting is that? How exciting is it to know that the King of kings and the Lord of lords cares about me? That when I was 10 years old, I was in a women's prayer, prayer meeting because I didn't even really know and understand what the Holy Ghost was. But I knew that what I was living in wasn't it. And I didn't care if it was a women's prayer meeting. I just knew that I wanted the Holy Ghost. And they gathered around me and I started praying and I started speaking in tongues. I didn't even know what it was. I knew that God was all over me, and I, I started speaking, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. But there was a new life born. When, that Holy, when his Holy Spirit came in me and I was baptized in Jesus' name, I remember Brother Carr saying, because he was out of town, um, and, and I, just, I had to be baptized just as soon as possible. I, just, I was like, I can't wait. Uh, and Brother Moulter baptized me because Brother Carr was out of town. And Brother Carr came up and he said, he said now, Mike, you've always been my preacher boy. And I, I just knew that I was going get, to get to baptize you. He said, but you just had to go let Brother Moulter do it. And I just remember telling him, Brother Carr, I just couldn't wait till Sunday. I just felt like I couldn't wait till Sunday, amen. Because I felt that newness of the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, if, if this feels this good, what's it going to feel like when I'm buried in his name? Amen. If, if everything was washed off of me and I feel like I'm a new person when his, his Holy Spirit comes in me, what's going to happen when it's all washed away in baptism? What's going to happen then? Because up until that point, all I knew was alcoholism. All I knew that my daddy was drunk every night, amen? And I was going back and forth between homes, and I was doing all of these things, and, and I didn't even know who I was. But when God came into me, when I was obedient, and I laid myself down on U Highway in Donovan, Missouri, in a women's prayer meeting, and I laid my life down, and I said, God, I... At 10 years old, I'm giving you everything I have, everything that I have done that you're not pleased with. I'm laying it all at your feet. Everything that I am, everything that I've done, I lay it at your feet right now. All that old was gone. All of a sudden, I didn't have to be what my family was. All of a sudden, I didn't have to be what everybody around me was being. Amen? And I just, and I'm going to just take a pause for a second. This doesn't count on my time. But I just want you to understand. I just want you to understand. My dad was the youngest of 12 kids. And I can count on one hand how many are in church, have the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. 12 kids that had four or five kids of their own, there are a lot out there. That's what the world wanted me to be. The world didn't want me to be on this hand. 
the world wanted me to be with the multitude of turners that were over here doing what the world wanted them to do. That's what the world wanted my identity to be. Amen? But when God comes in, when we submit ourselves, when we're obedient to his word, that's when the old things pass away. And that's when the new things happen in our lives. We have to have an obedience to God. Our will has to be submitted to him. For my identity to be who he wants it to be and to be what it's going to take to get me to heaven, I have to be submitted. My will has to be submitted to him. Amen. But not only that, not only that but I have to be submitted to spiritual authority. I'm not going to make it without a pastor. The world's going to try to tell you that you can make it without a pastor. The world's going to try to tell you that you can flip your TV on and go to one of those televangelists out there that says, if you send me money, you know there's a whole host of people out there that are hoodooed by that. But I need somebody in my life that's got spiritual authority. I need somebody, I need an apostle in my life that's, that's following after God that, that says, you know what? I'm here and I'm going to be a watchman, amen? I need a pastor that's going to be a watchman for my life and my family. That's part of my identity. Being a part of this church is part of my identity. Amen? Being a part of this group of people. These brothers and sisters, that's a part of who Michael Turner is. I know that I come in here sometimes, I'm like, you know, because I'm excited to be serving the Lord with you guys. I'm excited to be a part of a group of believers that, that, that believe in me, amen, that believe in my family. I had to find somebody that believed in me and believed in my family. Because I understood from a young age that I wasn't going to make it on my own. Because it was just me. All those ladies in that prayer meeting, they adopted me. They were my church mamas. They, they were. They were my church mamas. I could list them off to you right now. Some of them are still here and some of them aren't. But they took me in. They allowed God and they allowed that identity that they had and the identity that, that who Jesus was in their life to project into my life, amen? To project into my life and show me that everything I saw around me, that, didn't have, that wasn't how it had to be, amen? That wasn't how it had to be. If the enemy tries to take you away from the church, if something, you may, not even, you may not even have identified it as the enemy yet. If something's trying to pull you away from the church, if something's trying to drive a wedge between you and somebody in this building or you and one of these men sitting up here, you need to start rebuking that right now in the name of Jesus. Because the enemy is trying to steal part of your identity. Amen? The enemy is trying to steal a part of who you are. Starting trying to shave things out of your life. Amen? That was also for free. Also doesn't include my time. Amen. We can't get distracted, folks. 
We can't get distracted and we can't get lost in the everyday. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids look right before you. Not to the right or the left. Not on what your neighbor's doing. Not on that new house being built down the road. Amen? Not to the new car driving down the road. Not to this beautiful white GMC sitting right out here. Amen? Not looking to the right or the left. Amen? You're looking straight ahead. Ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. Talk to God about it. It's good to be introspective. It's good to think about where God is taking you, where he's, that's not just saying the path forward, but ponder the path of your feet. Ponder about where God's brought you from. Think about where God has brought you from. If you're, if you're struggling with who you are in God, just take a look behind you. Hey, Amen. At where God's brought you from. And let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. Folks, we can't get distracted. Amen. And I want to just finish up and I want to do a quick illustration here. And I hope it, it is heavy. It's a whiteboard. Yeah. There's a lot of things in our lives that are identifiers. That are who we are, right? That are part of who we are and part of who we've become. And I wish I had a little set up here, but it's okay. We're going to make it work. I think I'll be fine right here, maybe. Just can't write very hard. When I was praying about this, I was praying about identity, and I was praying about who we are in God, and I was praying about, I was just meditating, and was talking to pastor about it. Sometimes when we, uh, we go to prepare a message or something, sometimes we just look at a blank screen for a while, and we're just waiting for God to speak, Amen. Because I don't want to do anything if God's not in it. Amen. And I begin to think about our lives, and I begin to think, and I felt God start talking about our lives. And I, I got this vision of a solar system, and I got this vision of how our life is kind of like a solar system when you think about it. And, and the things that we are, we can go ahead and we can put on here, we can put on here, child of God. That's really important, right? And we always try to keep that in the center, Right? We always try to keep that in the center of who we are. And then there's other things in our lives that we are. So I'm a husband. So I'm going to put that over here. That's, that's important to be up here. Ooh, I'm spelling in front of a crowd. That's bravery, guys. I'm going to put brave up here, too. <laughs> Amen. And then I'm a son, right? And then... I'm not going to say wealthy because I'm not there yet. I'm still praying to the Lord about that one. But our finances are part of who we are, right? And then our job, that's a part of who we are. You know, that's a title that we have. I, mine's Director of Community-Based Services for KVC Missouri. That's my, that's my title. That's part of who I am. Amen? What else do you think is up here? Our health, right? Our health is part of who we are. Yeah, I'm a dad, right? I did not forget about you, babies. I love y'all. With every part of my being, I really do. 
I thought Father was already up here. Whew, bless the Lord. And then a minister, right? I hope to be. That's what I want to be in my life. One more so we can just fill this little hole in. So it's because it's looking kind of weird without it. A friend. Okay. Thank y'all. Love y'all. Grandpa Mike. That's right. That comes from friendship, right? So this is what our life kind of looks like. And I'll show it to y'all over here so you can see it too. And the Lord kind of brought this to my attention and, and, and I saw kind of this solar, this, uh, what's it even called? Solar system, there it is. My words left me. And I saw like this solar system and, and how God is supposed to be the center of all of it, amen? But then he also showed me that sometimes in our lives our orbit doesn't always stay right here. Our orbit isn't all the way, all, always around the child of God portion of it. Amen. Sometimes in our lives, this job over here, we start orbiting around that. We start orbiting around that job, and that starts, and maybe it's taking us away from church, and maybe it's got us working in a different area of the country, and we're not where we need to be, and um, you know, we say we're going to find a church there, but maybe we don't. And, and this be, we start orbiting around this. Amen? Or, I'll just speak to myself. There was a point where health was a big thing for me. Amen? And a lot of my life started orbiting around this. There was a point in time where, in 2017... My life started orbiting around being a husband and a father because she couldn't be those things because I didn't know she was going to be here anymore. Amen? And see what happens when we start. And then 2018, it was orbiting around son because I lost my dad. Amen? And then everything was connected to finances because then you have dad. You're all, you, you might be a single dad here. Might be a husband, you know, might not be a husband anymore. Where's my eraser? And here's what happens. Is, it okay? is this okay? This is what I feel like God gave me. Amen? This is what happens when we're orbiting around these things. In 2017, if I was so... If... if my whole identity was wrapped up in being Amy's husband. And in that 24-hour span of time, if things had went different, because that's all the time they gave us, and all of a sudden that's no longer a part of who I am, then all of a sudden I'm not orbiting my relationship with God anymore. I'm somewhere out here lost. And everything else starts to unravel. I said, I'm out here somewhere because I'm so far away from God at that point because I've been so wrapped up in something else that I thought was important. And it is important. Don't get me wrong. It is important. But it's not the most important. Amen? Instead, and then 
let me just, I'm just going to go ahead since I've got it up here. 2018 rolls around, and I start having heart issues. And the world wanted me so bad to make that my identity and to try to claim that that's who I was going to be the rest of my life. And if I had gotten myself so wrapped up in this, that my health, when it was gone, that I'm no longer revolving around my relationship with God, then I'm out here somewhere. And we know how gravity works. It doesn't just pull you back to somewhere back in rotation. This is what God wants from us, though, I believe. This is free time, too. God wants us to take something. God wants it to be. That's what he wants it to be. He wants us to write Jesus. He wants us to allow him to write his name on our heart. He wants that to be our identity. And then you know what? Everything else goes on top of that. Husband, dad, minister, my job, my title, everything goes on top of that. It becomes a part of who we are, friend. Because if Jesus is at the core of it, if he's at the center of it all, it doesn't matter if all of it goes away. It doesn't matter if everything, tomorrow you wake up and it all looks different. If everything gets washed away, he's still at the core of who I am. I said if everything gets washed away in my life, everything gets wiped away, guess what? I'm still working towards eternity, amen? I still need his name written on my life, amen? If everything gets washed away, if you wake up tomorrow and it's all done, we have no promises. Pastor, if I wake up tomorrow and I can no longer do my job for the glory of God, and I have to make those decisions... I need Jesus to be at the core of that. I need him to be at the core of that. If something happens in my family tomorrow, and it shatters everything, it just like scattershot, I need him to be at the core of it. Folks, we can't allow this world to identify us. We can't allow our problems to identify us. We cannot get wrapped up in the things of this world and allow those things to identify us. We've got to let Jesus make those decisions. I said, we've got to let him make those decisions for us. Amen. All I've got to do is say, God, here I am. All I've got to say, God, is I may not understand and I may not know, but God, here I am. Use me. Let's stand tonight. The world has a word for what it would like for you. The world has a plan 
that it would like to see fulfilled in your life. Amen. But I'm here to tell you tonight not to get distracted. I'm here to tell you tonight that tonight, if you feel like you're a little off center, you feel like you're a little off center and you may not have, you may not be where God wants you to be and maybe you've looked to the right or maybe you've looked to the left. Amen. That God is here. That he is in this place. I said the God of all the universe is in this place. And he cares about you. And if you have been buried in his name, that's why it's so important. That's why baptism is so important. That's why receiving the Holy Ghost is so important. Because that's what gets us to eternity. Because when he writes his name on our heart, he writes his name on our life. And that's the core of who we are. All we have to do is be submitted to him. And he's going to take care of the rest. Amen. So tonight, I just would ask that we find a place. That we find a place and we don't just make it a kumbaya, Lord, I'm here, thank you. And we go on about our day. But I would ask that we truly assess where we're at. God, is there something that's pulling me out of orbit? Is there something that's pulling me away from you and pulling me away from who you would have me to be? Is there something that that I'm holding so tightly to that if it were gone tomorrow, my life would crumble? And God, if there is, I need you to recenter me. I need you to remind me who I am. I need you to remind me of my true identity. All those other things, they're going to pass away someday. But God, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to be with you for eternity. I'm choosing, God, whatever comes down my road, it may be suffering. It may be want. It may be plenty, God. But I am following after you, God. My eyes are going to be straight. Lord, I'm going to be looking at you, God. I'm, I'm going to be pondering my path, God, to make sure that I am always in your will, that my identity is always in you. Can we do I think it'd be all right if we all just gathered around the front tonight. I don't want to single anybody out. I think that would be good. I think, you know what? The only thing you really need to worry about to your right or left is making sure that somebody's with you there arm in arm. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, in your name, God, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just move and have your way in this place, God. Lord, I know that you are able, God. I know that you are capable to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, God, right now.